is the nephew of a serial killer putting billboards up across America. Sounds fairly mundane, but trust me, it gets weird. And then, Alien Week continues. But this time, no sexy cryptids. No presidential talk on UFOs. No. Today we have a horrifying story of the abduction of one boy and what he witnessed inside of an alien spacecraft. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, I wanted to start off today's episode with this quick little tidbit. A couple episodes back, I did an episode on Johnny Sands. He was a country musician singer who was had that... I keep wanting to say he was abducted by aliens. He had a nice chat with them. Nothing bad happened. And after he met the aliens, the men in black... This is his story. I'm not saying any of this is factual. But the men in black asked him to write a song about it. And then when I... And he did. He wrote a song about it. And then when I went to go look for the song, he said it was on myspace.com slash Johnny Sands Music. There's no music listed there at all. So, and I just kind of said maybe the song's in some sort of government warehouse. I couldn't find it, but Marker646 did. Marker646 on YouTube said, hey man, is this, is this the song that you thought that no human outside... He didn't actually say all that stuff, but the implication was that this song was locked up in some government warehouse. And he's like, dude, I found it on YouTube, man. Found it on YouTube. 46 views when he sent it to me. Thank you, Marker, for sending that over. Uh, so yeah, go and check the song out. I'll tell you this, man, it's really good. It actually thumps. Like, you could play it in your pickup truck as you're mudding. You could play it in your Honda as you're just driving down the street. It's from the album Trump That. And it's, it just came out in 2017. So this song's only, he wrote it back when this happened, when the Men in Black told him to write this song. But it it's a really good song. Even if you're not into country music, it really, like, just thumps. It's a good song. So check it out. I'll have the YouTube link below. Thanks, Marker, for pulling that up. And let's get this guy some views. Let's get Johnny Sands some views, because it really is a pretty cool song. How many songs have been written about alien encounters and Men in Black and stuff like that? Well, I guess the song Men in Black, the Men in Black theme songs. But for the most part, they're fairly rare. They're fairly rare, so check it out. Okay, but let's go ahead and get started with the episode. Now, yesterday's episode was our Hitchhiker one, was our Haunted Hitchhiker episode. And in it, while we were talking about driving down Highway 101... I mentioned Bob's boards. Now, when I was doing research to verify, because I have to triple check everything Backpack Reverse says, when I was doing research to verify all that stuff, I typed in like Highway 101 Haunted, and this thing popped up. This thing popped up. So let's all hop in the Jason Jalopy. We're going to drive on down Highway 101. I guess we could have just walked there, because basically we ended up that last episode there, but we're there. However we get there, we are at Highway 101. We're standing in front of a giant billboard on the side of the road. The billboard says, are you scared? You should be. Technically, is it the hype? It should be the billboard reads, right? But anyways, it reads, are you scared? You should be, dot, dot, dot. And then on the right-hand side of the billboard, our right hand, it's left hand. This is getting way too complicated. But anyways, there's a picture of a, of like a creepy-looking dude. Like, it looks like a photograph turned into clip art type of thing of a creepy looking dude. And the other side, there's a pair of eyes poking out. Bottom, it says bobsboards.com. Now, this billboard went up in 2018. 
And people are complaining about it because it's really creepy and you just drive by it and it's a picture of this creepy guy and it says, are you scared? You should be. And so people have been complaining about this billboard and the billboard company's like, listen, man, we take money, we put up billboards. As long as it's not, he's the most, I just imagine the guy running the company is the most like cigar chomping business suit wearing dude ever. Because he's like, your kid's crying? Tough luck, lady. You got more money to pay for a better billboard? I'll take it down. But other than that, because people are complaining, their kids are crying. This is a creepy looking billboard. So what is Bob's Boards? And and every, there's been a couple articles on this billboard, and they all go to bobsboards.com. And they interview the great nephew. So bobsboards.com is a kind of an enigma. I, I'll tell you what I think it is in a second. But anyways, this is the way that it's set up. It's an adverti- It's a website that sells spirit boards, Ouija boards. Ouija board is a trademark name, I believe, so they have to use the name spirit board. But it's a spirit board that is supposedly made by a serial killer. This is the legend behind this thing. There was this guy who stalked lover lanes across the country, so he was killing couples. That was his. That was his mo. That's what he enjoyed doing. And he killed a bunch of them, and he never got caught. But as he got older, he wanted to find forgiveness in his actions. He wanted to, well, I guess I don't have to explain that anymore. He just wanted to be forgiven. So he built, he created his own spirit board and used that to contact the victims of people he killed. Now, that in and of itself is quite chilling. If you can imagine a serial killer killing people and then believing he has the ability to contact them from beyond the dead and maybe even torment them even longer, like, be like, hey, look at this cool video game you're missing. Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out and you don't get to see it because I killed you. Ha-ha. And the ghost is like, no. But anyways, I guess he would probably also be my friends and family. I miss him so much. Anyway, so the serial killer, this guy, this unnamed serial killer, created this spirit board not to taunt people with upcoming video game releases, but to ask for their forgiveness. And he did contact his victims and they, like, the the myth, I'm not saying any of this is true, but apparently, according to this website, they drove him to the brink of insanity. Or most likely, over the brink, into insanity, and he's just kind of dis... I believe the great uncle is dead now. Because a lot of his murders apparently took place a long time ago. So what this story is, is that his great-nephew, this serial killer's great-nephew, found the spirit board, found this specially designed spirit board, and he is selling it... For the low, low price of $29.95 plus $9.50 shipping and handling. Although there is a, if you buy more than one board, you only have to pay the one shipping and handling. So that's kind of cool. Now the board itself looks like a serial killer designed it. It's the standard Ouija board layout, but all of the letters are like the cut out magazine letters on there. You know, like that little design. Each letter looks different, a different color and all that stuff. And the creepy faces in the middle of it so the last thing i want a wishy board to be is even more creepy than it already is for regardless of whether or not the backstory is true the design of it is quite disturbing and the great nephew said so this is what i think this is first i thought it was a marketing gimmick but now i'm starting to think it might be an arg very expensive arg because there's a challenge according to this board and there's not a lot of information on the website itself i think it's maybe like four or five pages but this is the challenge that's listed on the website. We will pay, and this, hey, one of you guys might be able to do this. You can smart cookies. We will pay $50,000 to anyone who deciphers the elaborate series of codes, ciphers, and arcane images that populate Bob's board, spirit board. Bob's great nephew believes that the symbols and codes are clues 
to where Bob perpetrated his crimes and, if deciphered, may solve the decades-long mystery of Bob's board. Was Bob a serial killer as he himself alleged, or was he simply insane? So, there may be other stuff on the board that I can't see because I'm just looking at a photograph of it, so there may be, like, little symbols in there. So you can send in your fan theories and they'll post videos on his website. And this one woman was connecting Bob to the Texarkana murders, the very famous string of murders in Texas where a guy was walking around shooting people at Lover's Lanes. But I'm thinking, okay, it's an ARG, and this guy's trying to sell these boards, and but I don't know how many ARGs you can win, like, $50,000 cash. The, the kid, the nephew himself, I didn't see his name, but I could have just not, I could have just glanced over that. I tried looking for who's actually behind this. There is a company that runs, that is actually producing the boards, and they have a disclaimer, and they say, listen, we don't agree with the board, we don't think you guys should use these boards, spirit boards can be evil and our lawyers are telling us to say that none of this stuff is real and all people that it's connected to you know fictional or otherwise you know the typical disclaimer when you have a fictional movie they're like if this matches up anyone living or dead we're not responsible it's all a coincidence stuff like that so they're saying that we have to put this disclaimer on here which could again be part of the because it is all made up we don't know we don't know if this is 100 percent made up We don't know if there's a little bit of fact. We don't know if it's true. But since the board company can't verify that it's true, they have to put that disclaimer in there. Who knows? This is a relatively new conspiracy. The billboard went up in 2018. The trademark for the name Bob's Boards was granted in 2017. And you think, okay, ARG, someone's just goofing around. What's odd is the board itself has two copyrights. One for 2017. And one for 1982. So if it's an ARG, either they faked that first copyright, which is possible. They just, you know, wrote that down and said copyright 1982. But I would think if they were making it up, they probably would have made it earlier in the timeline. Because 80s isn't as creepy as the 70s. And apparently this guy, that's just a known thing. 80s is nowhere near as creepy as the 70s. But it could be that it actually was copyrighted by somebody. This board design was copyrighted by someone in 1982, and then it sat in someone's shelf all this time, and then someone said, I'll come up with a cool marketing gimmick. Who knows? Who knows? But $50,000 is a lot of money. I mean, you do have to pay $30. They do say no purchase necessary, so I guess if one of you guys bought the board, you guys could post photos of it online, and then everyone could help decipher it as well. I don't know. I'm not endorsing this. This uh, possible marketing scheme, I just think it's an interesting story. The idea of a serial killer designing his own spirit board to contact his dead is something that you could see in a book or a movie or something like that. So if there's even a whiff of it being true, which it probably isn't, but if there's even a whiff of it being true in the real world, it's always something intriguing to look at. But again, you know me, I don't mess with spirit boards, I don't mess with none of that stuff, so go nuts, guys. Just do not, let me put my legal disclaimer on here. If you get possessed, it's not my fault, it's totally your fault, okay? There, that's from your buddy, Jason. Don't get possessed, but if you do, don't blame me. Okay, let's go ahead and get moving on to our next story. Now, Alien Week continues. We've left Bob's boards behind. The billboard still stands. Little kids are still crying. But we are on our way to the Caucasus Mountains. You know, they're in uh, Soviet Union. Or when I was a kid, it was Soviet Union. 
Apparently, this, I don't know what it is. I don't know where they're at now. I think they're in Russia, maybe. Uzbekistan. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Mountain range, the Caucasus Mountains. I'm probably not pronouncing that right either. Now, we've started getting a lot of UFO stories coming out of Russia over the past couple years. A ton of them. All with varying... I don't know how many of them are true, is what I'm trying to say. Because they're very poorly sourced. First off, people didn't want to really want to talk about that stuff because then the the um, KGB would give you a phone call, be like, "Hey, you saw an experimental vehicle flying around? Why don't you come come to our headquarters? Let's talk about it." And you're like, "No, I don't want." It. So a lot of people weren't talking about UFOs over there because you could get disappeared if there was too many clouds in the sky. It was not a fun. The Soviet Union. I don't understand how people still look back on that place with rose colored glasses, but it was not a fun place to be different in you didn't want to be different in the soviet union so if you were a lowly farmer and you saw like a cigar-shaped vehicle land and a bunch of aliens get out and start taking readings and eating potatoes like you're like no those are my potatoes that's where my vodka comes from and then they get on the ship and fly away you're not going to tell anybody you just you're be like i nothing happened (laughs) there's like radiation scorch marks everywhere and the farmer has like horrible radiation burns on his face from the exhaust of the spaceship. People are like, how'd you get that? And he's like, I walked in with doorknob, you know, radioactive doorknob. Don't ask questions. It's Soviet Union. So there's one of the stories that came out. This story is quite interesting. I really, really like it. It actually has one of the things that I enjoy about alien abduction stories, which is quite chilling. The year is 1948. Apparently, this was written as a letter to a Russian UFO investigator in 2001. There's a young boy whose name is only listed as VZ. We're going to call him Victor. We're going to call him Victor because it's easier. So there's this young boy. Let's, he doesn't really give us an age either. So again, a lot of suspicious details. But I really like this story. So we're going to roll with it. In Let's say he's 12. I think that works. He's a young boy. And him, his sister, and her friend go out for a picnic in the Caucasus Mountains. And they decide to go sunbathing. Oddly enough, that's in quotes in the article. I'm thinking, is that, are they insinuating something else? So, I don't know. But Victor, whatever, leaves the two girls to do what they're going to do. And decides to go onto the other side of this hill where there's some shade and just chill. Pick a little piece of wheat. Put it in his mouth like Tom Sawyer. Eat it, because he's so hungry, because he lives in the Soviet Union. And they have no food. But after getting a full stomach after that one little stalk of wheat... He takes a nap. He just kind of passes. He's like, oh, I haven't eaten that much in days. Falls asleep. The next thing he knows, he hears a... Mm-hmm. And it's not a bunch of M&Ms coming at him. It's not some monks. It's He looks up and he's... <laughs> I don't know why I thought M&Ms would make that noise. Because all the M's, right? He looks up and he sees what he describes as an upside down plate floating in the sky. Now... That's funny because that's the most basic observation. If you had never seen a UFO before, ever, and you never saw a movie of one, and you saw a UFO, you would describe it as an upside-down plate. That's the classic version. I mean, flying saucers, that's where they get the name from. They look like plates flying around. But you didn't know that. That's where that term comes from. I didn't know that. Well, I knew that, you know, 20 years ago, but when I found that out, I was like, really? That's where that comes from? Anyways. So, flying saucers, because they look like saucer dishes upside down. So it makes sense. This kid goes, I looked up and I saw what appeared to be an upside down flying plate. And it lands. A little, ding, little landing pads come out. Door comes down. 
And three aliens come out. And it's interesting because he goes into a lot of descriptors here. But the one thing he's mostly vague on is what the aliens look like, which is usually the opposite. A lot of times people get very detailed idea of what the aliens look like, but they don't really tell us anything that happens in the ship. They just pass out when they go into the ship. And that's one of the reasons why I like this story. It's We hear a lot about in this ship. There's quite the adventure coming up. He sees these three aliens. He describes them as tall humanoids. Three humanoids get off the ship, and one of them takes him by the hand, and he said, I didn't really even understand what was going on. I just knew, like, I should follow them. Like, I wasn't super scared at this point. They just grabbed my hand, and the next thing I knew, I was walking on the ship, and I wasn't even questioning what was going on. He gets onto this UFO. He gets onto this alien spacecraft. They're taking him down a hallway, and... He see he enters a. This is when you know things are going to go south for you. You're already a little iffy, but you're not super scared that this <laughs> spaceship landed and these people walked up to you and just put their hand out and you grabbed it. But then they lead you in a room full of cages. Uh oh. You know when I read that, I was like, that's a little low tech for a UFO. Like you have a UFO that can defy gravity. Well, airplanes can defy gravity, and they have cages in them. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's a spacecraft from traveling from wherever, other dimensions, or across the stars, or whatever. And they just have metal barred cages. That seemed a little weird, but maybe it's the most efficient for keeping Earthlings. This little Victor is led into this spaceship. Now I want you to imagine you have to pick one of these cages to go into. It's almost like there's three cages in a mystery box. And you put yourself in the mind of a kid who's walking onto this spaceship. And these are the cages he sees. In order. First cage he sees contains a quote, angry bear. So not just any bear, a bear that is out of its mind trying to get at somebody or something. It just wants to, which I found super intriguing the fact that aliens are abducting bears. That part, I was like, this story already has a bunch of stuff that I love. Aliens are abducting other animals, and then they just put them in a cage in their UFO full of other abductees. So imagine, okay, I keep saying imagine this stuff, because the whole scenario is weird. He walks into this room, the first cage he sees contains an angry bear. Not sleepy, not eating honey, angry, big angry bear from Russia. The angriest of all bears come from Russia. The next cage over has three men praying. Just praying the whole time. And then you're like, well, Jason, I'd much rather be with the praying men than the grizzly bear. But they probably just try to convert you. Like, listen, man, I'm Christian, but I don't want to be trapped in a cell with three other Christians. Especially when there's a bear next to me. Because they're just going to be praying the whole time. Like, let's figure out a way to escape. Quit praying. They're praying for the gate to be open. It's not going to work. Anyway, so you have the angry bear. You have the three praying men. Next to them, you have a woman. What? What? Jason, you have a... Why didn't you go to that one first? If you said I had a choice, I want to be in the cage with a woman. Except she didn't let me finish. Victor describes this woman as screaming hysterically the whole... The, the rest of this time, throughout this adventure, she is screaming at the top of her lungs. She has gone mad by her being trapped in this situation. She's completely lost it. So you walk in, you see the angry bear trying to, like, push open the door. You see the three praying men who aren't really trying to escape at all. You see a woman just screaming at the top of her lungs, louder than the bear. And then the last cage has a man in it. And you're like, oh man, let's talk about a mystery box because that guy, 
He's calm. That's the scary thing. And in spite of all of this that's going on, there's a bear trying to take a swipe at the three praying people. And the three praying people aren't praying to be released. They're praying that the woman would just shut up. And then the woman just would blow your drums out. You have this man who's calm throughout all of it. And the aliens take Victor and they put him in the cage with the man. And the man says, be quiet and stay calm. And Victor's basically frozen at this point. He doesn't know what to do. He's locked in this cage. He feels the UFO lift off and he's like, I, my, I'll never see my sister again. I'll never see my family again. I have no idea what's going on. And after a short while, the UFO is flying around. The aliens are kind of talking to each other. And then they press a button and a table comes out of a wall, like slides out like. And they walk over to the cage with the three praying men. And they get one. Now, it doesn't say if he resists or not. And I'm wondering if they have some sort of ability to, like, make you comply. But it's probably a combination of both. They probably just actually just through being their captors, they have, you know, created this sense that they can do whatever they want. And the guy didn't seem to resist. There was no note that he resisted. They take one of the praying guys. They take him over to the table. They strap him down. And Victor's just standing there watching. And the aliens pull out their instruments. And they cut him open. And while he's still alive, they begin removing his organs and putting them in little, like, pots. They're weighing them. They're doing tests on him. While he's alive, they're just cutting him open, piece by piece. And then eventually he passes away. And everyone watched this. Even the bear's like, oh no, oh no, what's going to happen to me? The woman is... 10 decibels louder at this point. And they then basically, all of the man's scraps, they just kind of throw them away. They just basically like are then cleaning the table off, packing up what's the organs that they didn't want to study, and they just basically dispose of this human. They cut him up in front of everybody, and he was awake for the whole thing. It wasn't like they gave him an anesthetic. He was watching himself getting cut open by these aliens, couldn't do anything about it. Eventually bled out. Or they just removed his heart. And they just throw him in the garbage. Put him in a hefty bag. And they're like, <laughs> they throw it out of the ship as they're flying over like someone's neighborhood. Someone's like, what happened to my garden? But anyways, they dispose of the human. At that point, the aliens leave the room. And that is when the man is like, okay, good. He didn't pick one of us. Hi, my name's Alexander. And Victor's like, what? And he's like, listen, I don't know what's going on here. But I am so glad you're here because we got to get out of here that's going to happen to us it's totally going to happen to us kids like yeah <laughs> yeah no duh we got to get out of here and he's like okay but see i'm glad you're in my cage because see those bars at the top of this really old <laughs> cage that somehow these aliens use and victor's like yeah he goes you can squeeze through those but you're not tall enough to get through those so i'm going to lift you up and i'm going to put you through that cage and the victor's like then what and Go to that door. I've seen him press that button to open the cages. You just saw him press that button to open the cages. Remember when they pulled the other guy out? He's like, oh, yeah, I totally. I was in shock from seeing a man murdered. He's like, yeah, it happens. So I'm going to put you up through the bars of the cage. You're tiny enough, and I'm tall enough. You drop. You'll go over there. You hit a button. And he goes, what about the others? Shouldn't we help the others? And Alexander kind of face palms and goes, listen, dude, we can release them at some point. But this is our escape plan. You want to run through an alien Run and hide from aliens with a screaming woman, two guys praying, and a bear on her ass? 
And, and of course, Victor's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about the bear. So he's like, just go hit our button. I'm going to lift you up. You go to, and hit the button that will only release my cage, okay? Be very, very careful about that. So he does. Alexander picks up Victor, and he pushes him through the top of the bars, and Victor gets out of the cage. And then Victor walks over to the side of the UFO where the button is, and he goes to press it, and Alexander's like, no, 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 that one, that's the bear one, don't hit that one. So Alex, Victor's like, okay, okay. And he can't reach the button, because he's too tiny. And Alexander's looking at it, and he goes, okay, I want, this is all important, I'm not just basically doing a Tom Sawyer-esque escape. This all pays off in the end. The, um, Alexander goes, okay, I want you to take your clothes off. <laughs> Victor's like, what? And he's like, listen, dude. You want to get out of here? Just take your clothes off. Don't worry. It doesn't get weird. Put them underneath your feet, and that'll give you an extra, like, a couple inches, a foot, to stand on. No, keep your underwear on, dude. Just get up there, and then you can hit the button. It'll open the door. We can make our escape. So Victor does that. He takes off his shirt, takes off his pants, stands on top of him, is now able to reach the button, hits it, door opens up, and Alexander comes out, and he's like, okay, first off, get your clothes back on as quickly as you can. And let's go. And they start kind of rummaging through the ship. They, they don't know where they're at, obviously. They're on a vessel that was never designed by a human. They don't know where they're at. And again, this is taking place in 1948. So I don't even know if they're truly aware of they could be in the sky. Or they could be in a, out in outer space. Like, again, UFO culture was not super well known in the rural areas of the Soviet Union, which is where the story takes place. Alexander said that he was a miner from the Ural region. So he was just digging out rocks one day, and these aliens got him. So they they weren't sitting there watching the day the Earth stood still. They don't, they just know, and actually that movie wasn't even out yet. This was like, what, two years after Roswell around that? They just know that they're not on the ground, but as far as they know, they're in the middle of deep space or underwater. They have no idea. But what do you do when you're trapped by a bunch of people in a vehicle? You don't know where it's at. You try to do as much damage as possible. They end up there running around the ship and they find what appears to be an engine room. They're not idiots. They know what engines look like. And Alexander's like, oh, we got to figure out a way. Maybe we can commandeer this boat, this blimp, whatever it is, and take it somewhere. And Victor goes, oh, I know something. And he picks a box up off the ground. It says a metal box. I don't know if he, like, tore it off the ground, like the Hulk, or if it was just laying there because the aliens were dirty. He picks it up, and he throws it against an instrument panel, and sparks start shooting out. Which is one way to, <laughs> to end your captivity, is to destroy whatever you're in. At that point, the aliens, who had been sleeping who'd been sleeping through this adventure, jump up out of their respective beds and run into the control room. Oh yeah, I forgot to I forgot to say that. When they were sneaking through the ship, they saw the three aliens sleeping, which would have been the... If you want to take... Well, I guess maybe they don't want to murder these people in their sleep. I guess there's a difference between escaping and like cold-blooded murder. But anyways, they did see the aliens sleeping and then they went to the control room. And so when they started bashing the place up, bash it up real good, the aliens woke up, ran in, and when they ran in, they they got Alexander. He basically put up no fight. And then they took a shock stick and plugged Victor in the back of the head and knocked him out. So Victor was just one of those guys to be like, fine, you got me, but stands up, 
Victor's one resisting arrest, and they have to pull out their space billy clubs and beat him down. Victor wakes back up in the cell with Alexander, and now they have two guards. The aliens are like, Durr! So now they can only sleep one at a time. Two of them has to stand outside of their cell to make sure they don't escape again. But everything changed after this, and the aliens actually now had more respect for Alexander. Not so much Victor, which is interesting. Because they go, well, how did you get out? Like, just tell us how you got out, because you're trapped in... Alexander goes, well, you know, actually, I lifted him up through the top of the bars, and he fell over, and then he stood on his clothes, and he hit the button, and then we went, we saw you guys sleeping, it's kind of creepy, we could have done anything, but we didn't, and the aliens are like, did you see what else we were doing? Alexander's like, I won't say, but, yes, I did, but, then we went to the control room, started mucking stuff up, and the aliens go, you know, let's, I'm gonna be honest with you. We're scientists. Earth has scientists. We're scientists. We're here simply doing investigations and stuff that you would do to other animals on your planet. So there's nothing personal between us and our medical research. At that point, the praying guys are like, you killed our friend. But we don't, we, we're not here to actually cause any harm. But we're fascinated by the fact that you figured out a way out of this trap. Like, no one should have been able to do that. They said, see that woman over there? She's totally nuts. Like, we don't even know what we're going to do with her. She's, like, completely gone. And those guys who were praying, they're actually, they actually were called, quote, lower-level humans, unquote. So whether or not that means they were, like, from some sort of, like, undiscovered tribe, or even the article says maybe they were from another time period, like lower level as in they were abducted from another period of time. Who knows? But the aliens just said they're basically a bunch of dummies. We don't know what we're going to do with them. We're just going to cut them up. The woman, probably cut her up. Maybe have some hybrids. We don't know. The bear was an accident. The bear, we were trying to pick up a hunter. He ducked. Bear got sucked up. We're stuck with this bear. And Alexander goes, why are you guys here? Why are you, we get that you're scientists and you want to cut up a bunch of people and a bear, but what's, what's going on? And they said, listen, we didn't know anything really about your planet. Like, we knew there was life on it. But once you guys started detonating nuclear bombs, we're like, what is possibly going on on this planet? They said radioactive material, like nuclear material, is quite rare universally. And it is the main propulsion drive for starships. And the fact that you guys are throwing it into bombs and dropping it on each other is ludicrous to us. It's it's something that we need to make our ships fly around. That's why we're here now. That's an interesting theory. I've never, ever heard that theory before. I've heard that aliens were brought here because of nuclear bombs. That they saw them dropping and they were like, we must stop them from destroying themselves. I've never heard the theory before that they're like... It would be like if you were poor or you just were kind of getting by... And you saw someone just like melting gold and spraying it with spraying it on people with the super soaker. And you'd be like, you're wasting all that money. And you're like, yeah, but I can. Like, that's how they viewed us dropping nuclear bombs. They're like, this is so precious. And you guys are blowing each other up with it. But they said, Alexander, we would like to make you a deal. We would like to offer you a trip onto our mothership. Because we think you're probably the smartest human we've run across. We will take you on our mothership with us, and you can come to our home planet and tell us all about Earth. You'll basically be a representative. And Alexander says, I will go on your mothership, but you have to let everyone else go. And the aliens actually didn't want to do that. They're like, I'm assuming it takes a lot of effort to actually abduct people. Because the aliens are like, uh, fine. And they thought about it. So they go, yes, you're a better prize than all these other dudes. So we'll let Victor go. We'll let the woman go. We'll let the two praying guys go. They don't say what happens to the bear. 
I'm assuming that goes to space with him. But they say, you know, Alexander needs to get this little shot in him because he got a high dose of radiation when he went into the control room. We're going to give him the shot. He'll be fine. We'll drop him off on Earth. We'll give you a shot later because we don't want you dying either. But let's go. Victor gets the shot in his neck and then he passes out. The next thing he knows, he wakes up and his mother and a bunch of other people are standing around him. Apparently, he had been passed out and missing or missing and passed out. This is where the story gets weird again because we don't, it doesn't say where he was found or when he was found or who found him or anything like that. We're missing a lot of details. But anyways, when Victor came back, like, Dorothy from Oz, he says, oh my god, you guys won't believe what happened. There was this bear and this screaming woman and this dude got chopped up, but I took all my clothes off and I hit a button and I let this guy out of a cage and they're like, whoa, 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 hold on, Victor. And he was telling this story all over the village. And his mom eventually pulled him aside and said, listen, Victor, you can't keep telling that story. And he's like, it's true though, mom. Mom goes, it may be true. But if you keep telling this story, you will be visited by somebody that you don't want to be visited by. And at that point, Victor stopped telling that story. And when he became a young man, he was in his 20s, he was working in the farm. A bunch of troops showed up with a plain, with a guy dressed up in just plain clothes, which means secret police. They always just show up in slacks and a button-up t-shirt, but they're flanked by guards. So you know there's someone important. And the guy started asking Victor about this story because it had got, it taken a couple of years, but it had gotten to people who investigated this stuff and then they tracked him down. They asked him about the story, and he totally denied it, said it never happened, doesn't know what, what they're talking about, and that went on for quite a while, and eventually the the secret police and the military left, and he kept the story under wraps until the year 2001, where he wrote this letter to this Russian UFO investigator. Alien abduction stories tend to be, I was abducted, I have a few brief glimmers of memory, and then I'm back on Earth. Most alien abduction stories seem to be quite vague. The victims seem to not really been able to grasp or remember what happened. And if the story of Victor is true, and if it's the norm, it's actually a good thing that they don't. How many people have gone through the same story? How many people have been abducted, caged, tormented, tested, and disposed of? Not returned with a hazy memory not dropped back on Earth after a deal, but simply disappear. Families and loved ones miss them, putting flyers up on telephone poles along lonely streets at night, never knowing that the person that they lost is simply a footnote in an alien's medical journal. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Deadrabbitradio.com